So we've got a very special episode for you today at Locked On NHL Prospects. I'm joined by Gil Martin, host of Locked On Isles. Uh, and we're going to go through the mock draft of the 2023 NHL draft involving all of our Locked On teams, who they selected, and just kind of reacting to that and giving you our, our perspectives on that. All coming up on Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakash. I'm a scout and prospect analyst across multiple platforms. I'm joined today by Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders. How are you doing today, Gil? I am good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We had a quite quite a fun time with this mock draft that, uh, that occurred over Gmail. It was fantastic. I think the picks that were made are really, really solid, especially in the top 10. So this will be a two-parter. First and foremost, we'll be breaking down the top 10 of this mock draft, going through uh, our teams and who they selected within that top 10. It's a pretty interesting top 10. Should be quite similar to what we'll see on draft day, but we'll break that down together. Um, and then we'll move on to episode episode two after this one. We'll break down some surprising picks in the latter uh, half of the first round. Kind of break down uh, who won the draft, who did really well, steal of the draft, some questions like that later on in our next episode. So yeah, let's get it started with pick number one. Now, I don't think this comes as any surprise. <laughs> I think this is a lock. Uh, Connor Bedard at number one overall is a fantastic selection. Um, and I don't think there's any doubt at that point. Do you? No, I, I don't. And I guess the question I had for you, you know, people talk about Bedard being a generational talent, but yep. you know, what does that mean when, when you really break it down? What is the difference between the best available prospect in this draft and that rare occasion when we have a generational talent? For me, for Bedard, he is a generational talent. And what that means really is a player who comes with a skill set that you very, very rarely see. A, a player that's a game breaker, a player like Connor McDavid, who's going to change the course of a shift on his own single handedly, not just once or twice a year, but on a game by game basis. I think that's what Bedard brings to the game um, pretty consistently. There were some concerns with this game at the start of the year. There were some questions about whether Adam Fantilli was a better prospect overall, given his more well rounded skill set. I will be the first to admit Bedard was a liability in his own zone in the first half of the year. But as the year went on, you saw some progress. You saw an uptick in the effort level, even despite the fact that the Regina Pass are struggling to get into that playoff race. I mean, for me, the progression in Bedard's game for a player who already had the skill set of a number one overall pick is just absolutely absurd. And what is it that makes him so special? What are the skills that just make him a generational prospect? First, he has a another worldly shot. I believe that by the end, by by his prime, he's going to be the best scorer in the NHL by a country mile, and that's including the likes of Austin Matthews. And man, he just his curl and drag shot is on par with Matthews's already. Um, yet on top of that, his off puck movement, his ability to find space, his ability to play between checks, to find soft ice. Just his ability to manipulate defenders as well, to change the angle of his shot, to shoot through defenders under their sticks. 
he can score in so many different fashions that for me, it's no concern at all. He's going to be a top end, probably the best scorer in the draft, um, not just the draft, but in the whole NHL by his prime. And he's pretty much the only player who I think is in contention with McDavid in terms of dynamism and playmaking ability and just the overall package. I think he's the only prospect we've seen lately who has even a slight chance of competing with McDavid for the best player in the NHL. And I mean, his skating's really, really high end. His playmaking improved so much as the year went on. You know, he started getting triple teamed and quadruple teamed by defenders uh, on the other side. He had to adapt. He had to find ways. And his adaptability is so high end. For a player with that skill set, usually guys that good with the puck don't need to adapt because they can play through anyone in juniors, right? But for me, what really surprised me with Bedard is how adaptable he is, how, how capable he is of kind of molding his game to the scenario. For me, it's just, it's... He's got otherworldly skill and the mindset and adaptability to make his game better as he grows. So, yeah, no doubt in my mind. He dug a trench between him and Fantilli at the World Juniors, and he's just gone up from there. And, and you think he'll have an immediate impact in Chicago? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. He, he's a plug-and-play player. He's ready for the NHL right now. That's for sure. Um, but enough about Bedard. Let's move on to Fantilli. Fantilli's a solid, solid consolation prize, a second overall for the, uh, for the Anaheim Ducks. Big guy, he can forecheck extremely well. He's probably the best forechecker in the draft. Um, not just relying on his size, but using his his mechanics in order to win board battles, to get pucks off the walls, to make plays. He's extremely toolsy as well. Great playmaker, great shooter. I love this player very, very much. And I understand why at the start of the year there was an argument, but there isn't one anymore. Even though Fantilli is a fantastic player, He's more of the quality of an elite kind of franchise, borderline franchise player. But for me, Bedard's still a tier above him. But man, in Fantilli, you're getting a complete player, a minimum second line center, a guy who's going to, again, plug and play. You can just play him in the NHL right away. He'll make an impact. So this is a fantastic pick for Fantilli, uh, for the Anaheim Ducks, the second overall. What do you think? I think it's a great pick. And and I, I did have a question to ask you. I mean, I, I'm a big follower of the University of Michigan hockey program, uh, had season tickets to them way back in the day when I was there. But Fantilli is the only college hockey player in the top 10 uh, of this mock draft this year. What difference does it make the fact that he's playing at a United States college as opposed to in juniors to you? For me, it's just it shows that he's already capable of, of the upgrade that a lot of players were waiting to see from them. So guys in the WHL and the OHL, you're waiting to see them play against men, against 23, 24-year-olds. He's already playing against that competition. So it's kind of it's kind of seeing in the future for him regarding where other players would be. So, for example, a guy like Will Smith, what's he going to do in college next year? We don't know yet. Whereas we already know what Fantilli's doing this year. He's amazing in college. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah, no, it, it, it adds to the certainty of his profile. It adds to, to the to the fact that he's able to upscale his game because he already has. So it kind of gives more promise to him being able to do it at the NHL or AHL levels. And what is his best skill coming in to this draft? For me, it's absolutely his forechecking. I love his shot. I love his playmaking. They're high end, but there isn't a better forechecker in this draft. He's going to win you puck battles on his own. He's going to go into board battles against 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", defensemen and come out with a puck every time. It's, it's really, really fun to see. Um, but yeah, the, the guy after him though, I, I think he's pretty close and not, there is a gap between Fantilli and, uh, Leo Carlson at third overall, but for me, it's still a tiny bit close. Um, Carlson has, 
he doesn't have the forechecking physical elements of an Adam Fantilli, but I think his playmaking is better. I think his hockey sense is just about equal. And I really, really like the way that he kind of pushes the middle and uses his play, his stick handling to gain dangerous ice on his own uh, and, and make plays. Really, really solid play. Already playing against men in the SHL and putting up numbers on par with the Sedins, with, with Matt Sundin, those kinds of elite high-end numbers in his draft year. So, yeah, I love this pick for uh, for, for Columbus at, at third overall. It's fantastic value. We'll be right back in just a second with some more prospects content. But just before, I want to talk to you about Game Time. Now, Game Time is an app I have had great experiences with regarding last-minute seats to sporting events and entertainment events in general. Uh, I remember one time I was catching up with some old friends in downtown Montreal. We were going to watch a game at a sports bar, but then we realized we're a five-minute walk away from the Bell Center. So I checked out a couple websites to try to find some last-minute tickets. Game Time came up. And the deal was fantastic. I was able to get some really good seats for a really good price. It even shows you from the website exactly what your view looks like from those seats. Um, bought those tickets. 30 minutes later, I was scanning my QR code, going into the Bell Center, and I was watching some really good hockey with my friends. Now, this is a great website, and it gets some last-minute deals. And it's also the fastest-growing uh, ticketing app in the country for a good reason. Um, there are a bunch of advantages to them. They especially offer you a guarantee that if you find cheaper seats, uh, in the same row, in the same section, uh, on a different website, they'll refund you 110%, uh, which is fantastic. Um, you can snag the tickets without stress with Game Time. You can download the down the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NHL to get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply, but again, use the code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off after creating an account for the first time. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And then at fourth, we've got Matvey Michkov, which is a contentious pick. I know that a lot of people are very, very concerned with his status as a KHL player, as one of the best prospects to come out of Russia. The the pressure that's on him to stay there, the fact that he's on a contract until 2025-26. Um, what's your thoughts on all of that? It's a gamble. Uh, yep. You know, it's an interesting gamble. But, and you know, the Sharks are in this rebuild right now. Clearly, that's, you know, they're not looking to win the Stanley Cup this coming year they're probably two or three years away from contention and so the fact that they're willing to wait potentially to bring this uh player over in two or three years uh, they must be very high on him to be willing to do that absolutely and that was kind of the argument that i gave to jd young when i went on his podcast which locked on sharks you should definitely check them out they've got great great content especially the content leading up to the draft they did a lot of great work um but yeah that's the kind of the argument that i gave him is the sharks are in no rush there's no kind of urgency there's no window that's closing anything like that if any team's going to take a shot on a flyer who could end up being one of the best prospects of this draft if not the best it's the sharks i believe that matt Mishkov has a lot of tools that are high-end if not elite especially his goal-scoring ability. I've never seen a prospect squeeze pucks through goaltenders as consistently as Mishkov does. He finds little holes under the blocker, under the glove, um, five-hole. He scores in tight. He can score from literally the corner of the ice. Um, anywhere he shoots from, he can put it in. On top of that, his playmaking's improved in leaps and bounds. He's still a net negative defensive player, but you're not drafting Mishkov for his defensive play. Um, but I think his offense is high-end enough that at fourth overall, definitely worth a risk. You might be getting a borderline generational, possibly Hall of Fame player in, in Mishkov in terms of his whole career. Any concerns about him adjusting to the North American game as opposed to playing in, in Europe where the rinks are wider and he's got a little more room to operate? 
Well, the thing is with Mishkov is he doesn't really need room to operate. So for me, it's not as much of a concern. He's very good in tight spaces. Um, he's really good at making quick decisions under pressure, making one-touch passes, playing give-and-go. Um, he does still play kind of a junior style. Uh, so I think the concerns that I have with him are the same that I would have with Le Will Smith or uh, Zach Benson or et cetera, is that there is some adaptability that's still required. Um, but in the general sense, what I get from Mishkov is – He's a player who's always, always played above his, his age group and has always, always outscored his age group. So there's really no concern for me regarding that. I think he's going to be able to continue to upscale and adapt his game because already he's already three steps ahead of most prospects in terms of his uh, his production and the level that he plays. So, yeah. Um, then at fifth, we have the Montreal Canadiens. Will Smith is the pick at five. I think this is a fantastic pick. I believe for me that this is... Despite the fact that Will Smith isn't the most certain prospect in terms of floor, I think this is a safe pick for the Habs because they're not going off the board. They're going for a guy that's in this range for everyone. Um, I really, really like Will Smith's um, stick handling, playmaking ability. His tools are really solid. He's got an underrated shot as well. Um, there are some concerns for me with his spacing. I, I believe he relies too much on spacing, and it can kind of limit his game in some elements. Um, I also think that he plays... He plays like a Trevor Zegras or a Logan Cooley without the foot speed of a Trevor Zegras or a Logan Cooley. So he hasn't adapted his game to the, the pace at which he plays physically. Uh, so that's one concern of mine. But I just want your thoughts on this pick and, and kind of what the fit is here for, for the Canadians with Will Smith. Well, I think it'll be a good fit. And again, Montreal is one of those teams that is in the middle of a rebuild. Yep. You figure Will Smith will need maybe one year more before he's NHL ready, or at least ready to contribute significantly at the NHL level. And I think, you know, he will give them an offensive boost just when the team is ready to start taking that next step forward. For sure. Absolutely. Um, it, it is a great fit for the Habs. Will Smith knows Kent Hughes very, very well. Hughes coached him at junior levels, so uh, there, there is a bit of a, a connection there. So I really like this pick for the Habs. Um, now moving on, we've got, the, I think, a, pretty much a reach at six overall with the Arizona Coyotes. I like Dalibor Dvorsky, uh, but for me, he is kind of a pick that you kind of look at and see, well, you know, there are better prospects in terms of upside. Um, there are players who had better seasons in this in this range. I do understand the pick based on how how certain D Dvorsky is as a prospect. You're definitely getting an NHLer out of him. Um, but I'm just wondering what your read is on on upside. You know, is this the kind of range where you start picking for certainty, or is this a range where you would still kind of swing for upside at six overall? At six, I'm usually looking more for upside. I want to yeah. hit that home run if I can. Because hopefully you don't get too many chances to pick this early in the draft. Yeah. But, you know, the Coyotes, where they're at with their search for the arena situation still up in the air uh, with a young team, maybe they need that little bit of certainty in order to make sure that this team continues to make progress and can, you know, sell a, a, a municipality on the idea of a new arena. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, Dvorsky brings that. I'm just, for me, he's the type of guy who I have a very, very hard time seeing becoming a top line player. So for me, I think that a second line kind of situation for him is more than likely. He can pivot a second line pretty well. I have trouble seeing him manage to play against Victor Hedmans and Kale McCars and 
you know, those kinds of high-end defensive players, how he's going to be able to find space in those in those areas. But tremendous, tremendous shot. One of the best releases in the draft. Um, fantastic one-timer from the half wall. You can just plug him on the power play. He'll score you 20 goals from there. Just a really, really good shooter. Um, some questions about the projectability and all that. But for me, this is a pick that screams safe. Um, mm-hmm. Now, moving on to seventh, I think Ryan Leonard is the most Philadelphia Flyers pick you can have uh, <laughs> here at seventh overall. You know, he plays a power forward style. I'd say he's the power forward of this draft, uh, along with Adam Fantilli. Loves to drop the shoulder, get to the net. Uh, fantastic, fantastic shot on him as well. Um, really, really smart with the puck as well. Rarely makes uh, bad decisions. Generally Im- improves the condition of the puck every time he gets it. You know that when you give him the puck, it's going to end up in a better spot than when you gave it to him. So I think this is a really safe pick as well. But I think that Leonard has a bit more upside than Dvorsky as well in terms of the versatility of his game, the power forward elements of his game, the physical play. Dvorsky's a bigger body, I believe a 6'2", 205 pounds, uh, whereas Ryan Leonard's about 5'11", 190. But I'm more confident in Leonard's physical projectability because of the technique. Um, Dvorsky relies a lot on his weight, on his on his frame, um, and kind of leans on players. But when you're facing 6'3", 6'4", 200-pound defenseman, that advantage kind of dissipates gradually. Whereas Ryan Leonard, he can win battles against bigger guys. That's not an issue. Some more great stuff coming up on today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects. But just before we get into it, I want to talk to you about Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs is a great brand of shorts and pants. They offer some great quality, but also don't sacrifice uh, comfort for one bit. I love the stretch on their khaki shorts. Uh, they get, kind of give you, do the same thing as Lululemons, but they fit way better. Uh, they also especially fit way better than regular shorts, which kind of have that that stiff, cottony feel. Uh, Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that stretches way better, um, and, and it looks just like khaki. So you get that slimmer kind of classy fit without sacrificing comfort at all. They also invented uh, anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long, uh, which for a big guy like me is it it's a it's a big deal. Let's be honest. Uh, so go to their website today at birddogs.com and use a forward slash locked on NHL. Enter the promo code locked on NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your first purchase. Again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. You won't want to take bird dogs off. We can promise you that. But then at eighth overall, my favorite pick of the top 10, Zach Benson to the Washington Capitals. What a pick. Um, Benson is the two-way forward of this draft. I don't think there's a better player in his defensive zone um, than, than Zach Benson in this top 10. And as well, he's one of the best playmakers in the draft. He's one of the smarter players in the draft. The main knock on him is the lack of size and the lack of speed, which will probably turn some teams off in the top five, and he's probably going to slip into this range for the Caps. But for me, this is a fantastic pickup. He can end up being one of the most impactful, maybe not the highest scoring, but the most overall impactful kind of guy who's going to win you cups. So for me, this is a fantastic, fantastic pick um, for uh, for the for the Capitals. Is there anyone else that you would have thought they would take instead, or do you think Benson is a great pick here? I think Benson is a really solid pick here. And I guess my question to you about Benson is: it his hockey sense that allows him to overcome the lack of size and speed? Is is that the, the key element yep. that he brings? It's the smarts and the skill combined. You know, you can have one of the two without the other, and it doesn't work that well. We'll, we'll talk about that in next episode with none of the surprising picks that, um, so that some of our guys made in the uh, latter half. But Zach Benson has that combination of size and skill. And, you know, I mentioned with Will Smith that he plays he, – he tries to play faster than he actually is. He plays like a Trevor Zegers or Logan Cooley without that foot speed. 
Zach Benson's a worse skater than Will Smith, but I'm more concerned about Smith skating because Benson has perfectly tailored his game to the to the speed that he plays. Think uh, Mark Stone, think of Braden Point in his early years. You know, a guy who is fantastic defensively, fantastic offensively as well with the positioning. Everything relies around their positioning. For me, Zach Benson, sometimes I lose him on the ice and I go, okay, where is he? I immediately go, okay, where's the best spot a player can be? And then I look there and he's right there. So th- that's Zach Benson. He just he always pops up in the perfect, perfect place at the perfect, perfect time uh, in order to get a shot off, in order to make a play. He knows what's going on as it unfolds, and he can he can see the play two, three steps in advance, which is something I really look for. So for me, the difference, you know, the lack of size and speed with Benson isn't a concern at all because he's developed the adaptive speed skills to overcome that so that's really kind of my read on him um that's why i have him fifth overall in my personal rankings um but that's a story for another time i want to really kind of discuss this pick by the detroit red wings because it's it's just for me it's so funny that they went with this guy uh oliver moore at ninth overall he's basically dylan larkin which is <laughs> so good to me i mean having two dylan larkins on your team is amazing right if you're if you're a team like the Red wings you're salivating at this pick because I'm a huge, huge fan of Oliver Moore. I don't think there's a better skater in this draft, and that includes Connor Bedard. Um, I, I don't think there's a more intense player as well in this draft, maybe Zach Benson. Um, the intensity on Oliver Moore is is there on a shift-by-shift basis. He bulldozes through players. He bulldozes beelines to defenders constantly on, on fifth, sixth gear. And on top of that, he's got a great skill set. He can shoot the puck. He can he can pass really well. He's got a different a bunch of different passes in his arsenal as well, which I really like. So Oliver Moore is a fantastic pick for me in this range. Um, have you watched him this year? Do, do, do you like what you saw? Uh, did you like I, what you see from him this year? I, I do, and I like the comparison to Dylan Larkin as well. And, yeah. you know, most teams would be thrilled to have one Dylan Larkin. <laughs> if, you, if the Red Wings yeah. can get two and utilize them in the lineup together, that's, uh, you know, danger for opposing yeah. teams. Absolutely. No, I love what he brings to the game. Uh, and then finally, we close out the top 10 with an interesting pick. I don't think the Blues go for him, but I really, really like Axel Sandin Pelica. Um, I think he's the premier offensive defenseman from this draft. I think he's really, really good at what he does. Um, I, I love the way that he's able to manipulate and transition. He's not the type of player who's just going to bomb a pass up the ice the first chance he gets. He's not going to hit his first outlet. He's comfortable holding onto the puck, absorbing pressure, drawing players in, playing through them. Um, he can fake his way out of trouble. His skating is tremendous. One of the best um, four-way kind of mobility players in this draft. Um, I really, really like the full package of offensive skills. There are some questions in the defensive zone. There, were, there was a slight uptick in, in the output near the end of the year in terms of what he was able to produce defensively. More breakoffs, more um, you know stick checks, more interceptions, but... Mainly, you're getting offense from Axel Sandin Pelica. He's kind of a he's kind of a uh, John Klingberg style, in my opinion. I, I like what he brings to the ice offensively, but you don't put him on the ice when there's a minute left and you're trying to defend the lead. That's for sure. Um, that's what I really like from him. I don't think the Blues go for him though. Um, there are some there are there is a player who went 11th overall to the Canucks, David Reinbacher. He's a big guy, really strong, um, really really mobile as well. Some decent flashes of offense, but just He's probably the most sound defensive defenseman in this draft. Um, do you see that as more of a fit, or would you go for Axel Sandy Pelic if you were the Blues? Ah, boy. You know, it, it's a tough call. Uh, to me, you win with defense, so I, I might not go this way. But, you know, the other question I have, and, and maybe you could 
shed some light on this. You know, defensemen typically take a little longer to be NHL ready than mm-hmm. most forwards. Which one of these two do you think will be ready first? Oh, absolutely, David Reinbacher. I, I think you can plug him in the NHL right now, and he'll do a really good uh, job on the bottom uh, on a bottom pair. Um, the defensive game is so high end. His reads are really good. His mobility is is so beneficial to his defensive game. Especially, I, I don't think there's a better rush defender um, in this draft than David Reinbacher. Maybe Dmitry Simishev. Um, but Reinbacher's up there for sure. You know, he's a guy who's consistently going to break uh, pucks off of the opponent's stick and, and get him up the ice. He's really, really good at, you know, once he's broken out a, a, a uh, an opposing rush and the puck is behind him, he's really good at pivoting, getting it, and then playing it out safely to a player. Um, so really good transition facilitators on, on both sides, and you need those. So I think that is already at an NHL level. Whereas Axel Sani Pelika's offensive game is at an NHL level, but that's not what sticks you in a lineup in the NHL. What sticks right. you in a lineup in the NHL is being reliable. And reliability isn't Axel Sani Pelika's strength. It really is Reinbacher's. So the difference for me is Reinbacher, I don't think that the flashes of offense will translate and, and kind of improve. I don't think it's going to become a consistent element. So for me, Reinbacher tops out as the number three, number four defenseman. And it's just about how much you value that. But Axel Sunny Pelica has the potential to be a top pair offensive defenseman. So if I'm an NHL team, I'm looking for upside. I'm swinging for the fences. I'm in rebuilds. You know, in this range, usually teams are. I would go for Sunny Pelica. But if I'm a team looking to compete as soon as possible and I'm looking for a safe, sound defenseman who's going to be in the NHL within two years, it's David Reinbacher Fisher. Makes sense. Perfect. So that's for today's episode. We broke down the top 10 for you in our mock draft. Now, in our second episode, we'll be breaking down some of the surprising picks uh, of this mock draft and kind of seeing uh, which teams made really, really good picks, which teams made some eyebrow-raising picks, and we'll go through a couple questions just to close things off on next episode of Lockdown NHL Prospects. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you, Gil, for joining me, and uh, we'll see you both. uh, We'll both be here for next episode. We'll see you soon.